Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Wow. We're live. We're live after Liverpool 4, Shrewsbury Town, or Shrewsbury Town, depending on where you're from, 1. Um, Brian's here. Brian, um, it's great to be able to do this live on YouTube for once, and uh, also it'll be out as an audio podcast. How are you feeling, Brian? I feel great. I mean, you know, it was... Uh... It was a nice run out for the boys. Some some players got some some minutes in the legs, and uh, it was a bit of a game for a bit there. But uh, all in all, I, you know, it's good uh, good performance by the team. I enjoyed watching the game. It was great. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. It's um, I I don't know though. I mean, yes, it was fun and all that, and it was nice. It was a sort of you know little sort of you know pick me up because it was an enjoyable game. Um, but if we're going to be cold and let's be cold for a minute and let's use cold, hard analysis, I don't think Man City would have toiled as much as we did for the first 30 minutes of that match, or even most of that match, really. I mean, we got a penalty. Um, we got a couple of scruffy goals as well as a couple of really good goals. And um, I just think that the difference between City and us is palpable and obvious in that when they're in and around the box... They play very sharply to each other, much like uh, the space we created for our third goal, Bobby Firmino's back heel. You know, City, are not, they knock it around the box and they get behind even a deep-lying team because they're playing triangles out on the wing, whereas Liverpool get, you know, to these positions um, and we, you know, try, for example, the long, straight chip over the top or we try, you know... Um, you know, we just run out of ideas, basically. Do, uh, does this worry you, you know, in general going forward as a sort of philosophical change? I mean, Andy Robertson, sorry, I'll, 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 I'll let you talk in a minute. But Andy, no, Robertson, okay. Andy Robertson had 11 crosses, for example. Three of them were accurate. And if there's one way of summing up our attacking performance, it's that, you know. And I, and I think we could be a bit a bit more clever rather than just, you know, lumping it into a box with... Max Waltman and Cade Gordon. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, I know what you. I know what you're saying, and um, I think we just grind teams down these days, particularly teams that we don't need. Well, I, with that team that we played today, you just you had a sense that they, they'll crack eventually. Um, and yeah, the, we just kept the ball. We kept moving it out to the side, to the back, back forward. You know on and on and on and on and on and i think the it, it just felt like something was going to give and then something did and then something was going to give again i mean i was in my mind i was crying out for you know a little bit of inventive inventive play in the middle of the pitch we needed uh, the quick one twos because they seemed very comfortable getting pushing the ball out to the sides and back into the center again um but I, I just had a sense that, yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying about City. They definitely go about their business in a different way towards the moment. But um, we're not always like that. I think when we're when we're really on it and we're on form, we, we play some scintillating football. But today, I think it was just a case of get it done. Don't take these guys lightly and um, get some of the young players out there on the pitch and, with you know, a good mix of senior players, young players, and uh, I think ultimately, you know, it was it was a 
you know, we did what, exactly what we needed to do. You know, it was 4-1. No, nobody got injured, touch wood. You know, I know Robbo had a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a nasty challenge on his ankle at the end there. But it, I, I, you know, playing against Shrewsby, I, I don't judge the team that strongly, particularly with the amount of young players that are in the team as well. It's uh, well. I mean, talking about the youngsters, I mean, there were there were some good performances, weren't there out there? I mean, Curtis Jones does he still count as a youngster coming through? I don't know, but certainly Gordon does, and uh, Tyler Morton does, and certainly um, who else was out there? There was Morton, there was Gordon. Who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting someone. Uh, Max there Walton, was the, left, of the right back, wasn't it? And uh, Connor Bradley, yeah, there you go. Bradley, so uh, there were awesome. tons of them out there. There's probably more I've forgotten about. Who stood out for you? You know, speaking about the positives, who was who was the the youngster that caught your eye the most? Um, well, uh, two two players. I mean, Tyler Morton is is the most impressive young player I've seen since Stephen Gerrard. I mean, I I even think he's he's caught my eye more than Sterling did when he was breaking his way through. I just think he's got so much composure for such a young player. He looks so comfortable out there. And I just think he's going to be a very, very big player for us over the coming years. Um, and so, you know, he's almost knocking on the door of regular first team slash bench football. I don't know, maybe not so much in the big games, but I mean, he's played in some big games and he looked totally, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't shudder when I see his name on the team sheet. So another great performance from him. Probably not his best performance, but, you know, solid. But I thought the the right back was awesome. Uh, he was he was the absolute standout for me of not all the players on the pitch, but definitely the young players, the Connor, Connor Bradley. Uh, he was amazing. And that cutback, he, he, he did the assists he, he got with, uh, I think it was Fabinho was completely awesome he just like he really really wanted it and uh yeah i thought he had a great game yeah i mean we can talk about we can talk about um connor bradley in a minute and the one i i had forgotten now i've got the lineup in front of me was of course dixon bonner he of course he started as well elijah dixon mm. bonner although he's i think he's about 21 22 now surprisingly but anyway yeah going back to tyler morton i find it interesting what you're saying how much he you love the guy. I mean, I think he's good. I think he's very tidy in possession. Um, he had, uh, I believe it was eight long passes and they were all successful. I'm going to double check that. Yes, eight out of eight long passes today, which is incredible. Um, one cross and it was accurate. And his overall passing percentage accuracy was 95.7%. Uh, which is pretty amazing from 92 passes. So there's that. Mm. I mean, that's absolutely superb. Um, defensively, we didn't have much to do, but he managed to get one tackle and one interception in. But I'm not sure about him, Brian. I'm not 100% sure um, about about Gordon, uh, sorry, about Tyler Morton, because I think he's as tidy as he is. There's just a physicality that's obviously lacking that, you know, you mentioned Stephen Gerrard when Stephen Gerrard came through, he was still, you know, putting himself about and you could see that there was a real strength there. Whereas I feel mm. that there are, there are periods of the game when, you know, it passes Tyler Morton, but I don't know. What do you reckon? Am I being harsh? I think you are being a little bit harsh because, you know, he is 12 years old. So there's that, you know, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> And, uh, he's playing for the best football team on the planet, you know, and he's making it look easy. I mean, he's not, he doesn't look phased out there by any chance and he'll fill out for sure. You know, I mean, he's, he's quite slight, but 
his I, I mean i disagree with what you're saying there because like, like i don't think he's he's like he's not he's not really a unit as a as a football player he's not very well put together physically but it doesn't i mean i don't think that's his game you know and uh, and, I, and i don't think he doesn't look like he's brushed off the ball either um at any stage but uh no i'm just look i i wouldn't have good things to say about him i just think the little i've seen of him so far not once has he has he let me down not once i thought wow you know he's yeah he's a young player you know maybe maybe we should pull him now i just think he's done so well you know um and he he's not been the best player on the pitch all those times but he definitely hasn't been the worst player on the pitch most of the time he's just a solid seven and I just think, you know, for a player of his age, I mean, I'm not sure how old he is. Is he 17 or? No, he's actually older than you think. He's 19. Oh, Jesus. Well, he's practically, oh, he's going to be playing his testimonial soon then. <laughs> Get the bus pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I just think he's, he, he's you know, likes of him and Harry Elliott and, you know, uh, some of the other players knocking about. I just think, you know, the future's bright. There's some, there's some big players there potentially in in our uh, youth setup uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, when Raheem Sterling and Jordan Ibe and all, all that gang were coming through there was about four or five of them that you think maybe the, one of these can make the step up and I think two of them you know did eventually um so yeah no no, no really good and uh yeah and, and also Connor Bradley as you say he, he's uh he continues to impress you know he's 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 done well, and again they've they've uh, not done themselves any harm today um, with that performance in terms of getting more time on on the pitch going forward. So um, yeah, really good, great stuff. Yeah, Connor Bradley, he had two key passes in the match uh, from eighty eight passes, um, a seventy nine point six percent passing accuracy. It's not bad. Um, he had three accurate crosses out of nine which again goes back to the philosophical thing that I mentioned at the top about, I think we're crossing too much. We should be picking people out. But of course it was, it was he who picked, who picked out one of the rare times um, in the whole match when we actually, instead of just slinging the ball in and hoping for the best, which is, you know, a bit like a Hail Mary, you know, he, um, he, he, he very precisely, um, picked out Cade Gordon for for our first goal for the equalising goal, um, and I thought that was excellent. You know, maturity beyond his years. He's only eighteen, um, mm. and two accurate long balls as well. Um, defensively, again, not he didn't have much to do, but one tackle, one interception, and two clearances. Wow. Um, this is uh, Cop On. I mean, it's live on YouTube. If anyone wants to get in their comments, they're more than welcome. Um, and also, hello to all of the listeners uh, who have, uh, you know, downloaded this in the audio version. A um, couple of other players to talk about. I mean, we've got we've got a few things, uh, you know, just talking about the positives of players who hmm. stand out. I mean, who else stood out for you today? Um, Fabinho. I thought he was awesome. I thought he was great. I mean, even putting his goals aside, I just thought he... I think a lot of our players grew into the game. I think you could see that they were a little bit rusty. There's obviously quite a few of them maybe recovering from the latest strain of COVID. And, you know, there's been a lot of um, disruption um, in in life in, in our camp, as, as with all football teams at the moment. And I think you could, you could see that in some of the performance we've seen lately. 
and this particular game uh, as the game well i think the beginning of the game i, I don't know about you but i didn't feel i i, I was I, initially i was thinking oh god we could be in for another long day here uh the signs aren't great um uh, but as the game went on i just think gradually we just took control of that game and i think fabinho was a big um was a big part of that he just he just bossed the game in the middle of the pitch you know just in, in that uh anchor position just ran ran the show and and as the game got went on he seemed to be more and more um uh, adventurous um in his play and getting forward so he, for me he was the best senior player on the on the pitch out there today yeah, he was phenomenal. I, I I loved his performance. Really good. He di- he didn't take them too lightly. You know, he was getting stuck in. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, just just dominated the match in the midfield. We really miss him when he's not there. One of the world's best midfielders. He's an extraordinary player. Extraordinary. Um, another player I'd love to talk about is the guy who had the most amount of passes in the whole match, which might surprise you without showing you who that is. I mean, you could see on the screen a few things from who scored but i've got the total uh all of the all of the passing stats in front of me who do you think um had the most passes in the match brian do you want to take a wild guess oh was it was it could it have been curtis jones um, oh, that's a very good guess but it was actually ibu ibu konate uh with oh, 123 wow. passes and virgil was next with 121 and then andrew robertson on 112 um, Curtis Jones had 88 passes. Um, we'll get on to Curtis in a bit because I thought he was he was really good actually. But uh, Ibu, I want to talk about him because there's this just this thing that I've I already love with all my heart, um, and that's when things are you know being you know things were a little bit messy, and the our op, you know the opposition team think that they can break, and perhaps one of their attacking players kicks the ball forward and they think they're going to run onto it. But Big Ibu steps in and not only does he win the ball, he strides away with the ball and then zips a pass in, into one of our players' feet. I freaking love that. And I'm beginning to absolutely adore the guy. How, how do you feel about Ibu? Yeah, the gentle giant. He's, uh, he's uh, yeah, I know what you mean. He, he can He can shift. I mean, he looks. Sometimes he looks cumbersome. His gait when he's running, but then this pace comes from nowhere, and like he might be a yard behind the player, and suddenly he's just a little bit Virgil Van Dyke like, just passing him with ease. Um, so he definitely has speed to to burn, um, and he just seems like a good lad as well. You know, he's always uh, anytime there's a goal, he's always there in the thick of it, and always you know big big smile. And uh, you know we'll we'll, n- we'll never forget his his uh, announcement videos. I mean, it's the best we've ever seen. So uh, we all want him to do well. And I think um, I mean I've been a bit of a critic of him, uh, you know, uh, a couple of times um, in his early games because he he seemed to take a little bit of time to settle in um, uh, with the system. And I felt a little bit on edge sometimes, but uh, gradually he's he's uh, he doesn't he doesn't he, I don't see him out of position uh, as much. He's not getting pulled out of position, and he seems to have, he seems to have settled into our system and understand the the the, the movements of play and and where he has to be and where he shouldn't be. And uh, yeah, he he had another great game uh, today, so he he was awesome out there. 
Yeah, I mean, is there, are there any areas of his game that you would like to, you know, see him improve? I think he's not. So he's surprisingly not that good with his head, for example. Um, yeah, I think he's got a lot of. I mean, he's a great player, and but he's. Um, I think he's a rough diamond. Uh, he, I think there's quite a few areas that he could definitely improve on. I mean, his overall game is great. His defensive ability is great. His strength's great. But I do. I think his positioning is still. Um, I mean, he, I think those kind of things come with age, I suppose. But uh, I, he definitely could be more aware of the patterns of play that's around him and what's happening. I think um, clever players will be able to perhaps pull him out of position and leave holes um, when he goes chasing, um, you know, uh, a ball or whatever. Um, heading, yeah, maybe. But I mean, has he had has he had many? Um, doesn't seem to be in targeted as as a, as a player that uh, has uh, weak heading. But um, for me, yeah, the thing that's 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 really stood out is his positioning. But like I say, I feel like it's got better over the last few weeks. So, and I think he'll just go and become, you know, he'll go from strength to strength. Yeah, great answer. No, you're right about the positioning. That's something that you learn as a defender over the years, isn't it? Um, great stuff. A couple of people in the chat. The, As the Asian sensational FC uh, would like some, uh, he says, YNWA. And please help me reach 150 subs. So that's subscribers, if you want to subscribe to the Asian sensational FC. And he says he loves cop on cake uh, because, you know, for those who are listening to the audio might not realize uh, I am sort of with some kind of Snapchat filter as a cake uh, today, which is, uh, I don't know, just just, just it's my birthday. Dave from Dave's LFC Chats asked if it's my birthday. No, it's not. It's just a Happy New Year thing. I'm feeling a bit hungry, so I'll turn myself into a cake. Um, this is my favourite cough on episode ever. <laughs> well, you know, we're nothing if not surreal. Um, yes. <laughs> and Al Al Alan is in the chat as well. And, and Alan's very good point here. He says, how lucky are we to have Kelleher as our number two keeper? He didn't have much to do, but is so calm. Yes. Although there was one time where he managed to, you know, he almost did the traditional uh, Liverpool goalkeeper thing by screwing it up. He just managed to get a pass away in about on about the 79th, 80th minute, something like that. But generally, how impressed are you with Kelleher, Brian? I think he's great. Oh, he's he's as good a second keeper can be, really. And he has, uh, I don't know what part of Ireland he comes from, but he, he definitely comes from the quiet quiet part he has that uh assuredness of him he reminds me of Roy Keane a little bit you know man of few words uh, uh and he, he just seems very mature for such a young player um and from what I read about him he's incredibly happy at Liverpool and and and, and happy to to carry on and uh bide his time and uh, you know I just think he's he's such a good number two like as good a number two as you're gonna get really and yeah he'll make mistakes all keepers make mistakes i mean there's a reason why you know there's like four or five world-class keepers in the world you know dotted around the leagues and the, those guys never make mistakes but the rest of them it's normal for a keeper to make mistakes from time to time um but the most important things do you have somebody between the sticks that makes the team calm <laughs> and and uh and and your defenders are not worried about who's uh guarding the goal and he's he's that you know i think he, he has a he has a he has a leadership and commandness about him that's just great and uh 
yeah, another great performance from him. You know, really, really good. Super answer. And and you're right to pick up on the fact that he's uh, he reminds you of Roy Keane. He is actually from Cork, the same place as Roy Keane. Uh, wonderful stuff. <laughs> Abdul's here. Hello, Abdul's joining us from Watch LFC. How are you doing, Abdul? Not too bad, guys. How's it going? You right? Very well, thank you very much. Very well. We were just singing the praises of young Kelleher. What do you, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, he, he made that really important save in the first half, didn't he? Where like uh, it was definitely going in, and it was kind of a mistake from him. But then, yeah, he, he redeemed himself, and yeah, he's just in general always puts in good performances for Liverpool nowadays. So really happy with him. Good with his feet. Um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Great stuff, great stuff. Let's talk about the goals themselves then. Um, they got the first one. Um, I thought this was a good goal, Abdullah. I'm going to stay with you. I thought it was a pretty good goal. They had a lovely crossfield pass uh, that was well controlled out, out on their left left wing. Um, you could maybe nitpick that uh, Connor Bradley could have been a bit closer, but it was a really good hard low cross and an unstoppable shot by Udo, who was the scorer. Um was there anything that you think we should have done to keep that ball out? Or was it just one of those things where it was a good goal? Abdul? I think uh, watching the goal back, yeah, Bradley could have done more to stop the cross. Um, but I also thought Konate kind of gave up on it for some reason. He kind of like put his hands up like, oh, yeah, like he thought the keeper was going to get it or something. So and that gave the opportunity to Udo, I think, who did score it. So I think maybe Konate could have been a bit better in that situation. But when the goal went in, I, I just thought it's the magic of the cup, eh? You know, uh, let them have one and then uh, hopefully we can come back from it. Yeah. And well, we tried to come back from it, didn't we? I mean, it was it was all a bit, I don't know. I mean, our next shot was, um, I think it was about, about three minutes later. There was just a pot shot from Curtis Jones from outside the box. And we were slow and ponderous around the box. But then for the first time in the match, as I mentioned before, Brian, Connor Bradley picked out Cade Gordon. We haven't really spoken about Cade Gordon. I mean, that finish was Salah-esque, wasn't it? It was amazing. It was really, really, really good. He had so much composure. Um, yeah, ball in, took a touch, knocked it over to his other foot, and just slotted it in. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm sure the people who are not Liverpool fans might have been watching that game and like, oh, who's this guy? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, he has a great reputation um, amongst Liverpool fans who kind of keep an eye on what's happening in the youth setup. Um, and he obviously knows how to finish. Um, yeah, they, like, what can you say about that? It was just brilliant, and the and the composure that Salah would be proud of that, right? You know, he didn't he didn't snap at it, took his time, and just made it look easy. Absolutely brilliant. I would probably say for me, my favorite goal of the whole um, of the of the game was that particular goal. I thought was brilliant. It was cracking. And what did you make of his overall performance, Brian? Kay Gordon, do you think he, he should have pushed on from there? I'll just give you a few stats. He had three shots in total with two on target. He was on the pitch for 80 minutes. Who scored gave him 7.58 out of 10. Uh, but uh, he only he only tried one dribble. And I don't know, uh, maybe he's only 17 years old. We can't really criticise him. But uh, I thought maybe he could have pushed on a little bit. I don't know, in the second half, taken a few more risks or... Or again, yeah. am I being stingy? I don't know. No, I'm like, you know, my opinion about young players. I'm a bit of a pragmatist and, and I'm very harsh when it comes to young players because I want them to do well. I really do. But it's just a tough business and it's uh, and you only get so many minutes 
um, on the big stage and particularly games that are like televised, et cetera. And um, yeah, you have to go above and beyond. I mean, so, so he scored an amazing goal. So that caught the eye. That was great. And uh, he had some good play. I mean, I don't think any of our young players today did anything silly and they, they looked after the ball which is, I think, under Klopp is, you know, one of the most important aspects of what we do. We don't give the ball away cheaply, and they all did that. Um, but other than that, I don't think he really... I mean, I didn't expect him to stamp his... his uh, put his, you know, his foot down and, and say, wow, it was the Kate Gordon show. But, uh, yeah, I think he, did, he had an okay game other than that. He didn't he didn't really kind of stand out. So I didn't, wasn't thinking... But then there's some senior players who, you know, who... <laughs> Who, uh, who were just nowhere to be seen for the first 20, 30 minutes. So um, I think he did all right. I, didn't, I, I think he's, he's, uh, he's, he's moved on in the right direction in terms of his Liverpool career, with, you know, especially with getting that goal. So. Yeah, great answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, but two, two players, I mean, Dixon Bonner and Max Waltman, um, Abdul. I mean, Dixon Bonner is, is actually 21 years old. And I think he, he tried his best. He did all right, as is very good what Brian was saying. Like they didn't make any errors, did they? These these youngsters or these unproven players. But Max Waltman, um, he had uh, he was he actually had a hundred percent passing accuracy. He only touched the ball 15 times in his 45 minutes on the pitch. Eleven of those were accurate passes. So he was Obviously, just laying it off in one touch to the guy next to him, basically. But Max Walkman, I think, for example, um, he doesn't look ready to me. He doesn't look ready. Like, he, he, you could tell that he's a way off, for example, Premier League level, let alone Champions League. What, what did you make of uh, Walkman and Dixon Bonner, Abdul? So, yeah, I think uh, you're probably bang on the money there, Walkman. I mean, it's a great story with Walkman. Him and uh, Tyler Morton, best friends since they were six or something like that, very, very young age. And I think they're both with the same agency. Um, so when Tyler Morton started making his breakthrough a few weeks ago, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because Tyler Morton feels like a, a fully fledged first team player right now. But yeah, he's only really been in a picture since like preseason. I think we were on the same uh, one of these uh, podcasts, possibly with Brian as well. We were talking about youngsters in preseason, and we did mention, I think, Connor Bradley and Tyler Mawson. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of good to see like six months later they're you know performing. But yeah, Max Waltman definitely looks a bit bit off um, off the yeah off the boil. But hopefully, uh, you know, keeps working hard. Just like his mate, he'll find a chance. It's, it's probably a bit harder to get into that Liverpool front line and Liverpool midfield, though. There's a lot more you have to bring to the table. And um, to be fair, I haven't really watched Waltman at under 23 or under 18 level to know what he's really about. So I'll try and pay a bit more attention to him going forward. I did think Dixon Bonner had a good performance in general. Um, I think Klopp highlighted him a few weeks ago when we were going through a bit of an injury crisis. He was saying that he really stepped up in training. was really there as a proper player. And I think he showed that today in the match. I think in the first half, for a lot of it, he was on the right-hand side. And I don't think we had a lot of success down the right-hand side. Anytime we got it down that end, we just kind of switched it back because there wasn't really much creativity. But when him and Morton kind of swapped positions, and then I think he also swapped positions with Jones. Jones went in midfield. And he basically played as a left winger. Um, I think we were a lot more fluid in our build-up. So I think it was a good performance from Dixon Bonner in general. And 
yeah, I hope he does good things with his career because he has been here for a while. So, um, yeah, I hope it's a good step for him for his career in general. Yeah, great answer. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I wish him all the best. I, I'm not convinced it'll be at Liverpool, but but with Max Waltman, yeah, I mean, for those who haven't seen him, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've always been interested in LFC and whatever kind of colours, uh, including all the youth teams. I've been watching the youth teams for years and years. And uh, Max Walkman, yeah, I mean, he's very, very industrious. He's not um, perhaps as clinical as as other players, but he's he will always give you a, a, a thousand percent. Um, he's tricky, um, and he's he's a sensible player. He's a very, very useful attacker to have. I mean, he'll 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 make space. He'll bring players out of position and all that. So yeah, you're right. It's still early days for him, and hopefully, he'll get a few more chances. Um, especially if we draw Kidderminster Harriers in the next round or something, that would be that would be rather nice, wouldn't it? Um, so just maybe um, we'll just talk about a couple more players and then we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, the goal, I mean, Bobby Firmino when he came on, Brian, uh, Bobby Liverpool without Bobby and Liverpool with Bobby. I don't know. They they seem like two different teams to me. They really do because Bobby, the way he knits everything together, he's a real he's a real master. You can tell why. So many professional players and coaches absolutely adore him, can't you, Brian? Yeah, um, it, and he he's another player who is slowly returning to his 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 best form or 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 form, uh, you know, to the levels that we were used to see him playing at it, um, you know, a year ago or whatever. He's a player who's kind of um gone in and out of form and you know people he's always been the 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 one player in the in the front three that people have always questioned like maybe he's the guy who'll go first um but as you say he he he, uh his game is so unique to him he's almost invented a new position the way he plays the game and uh what i particularly like about bobby at the moment and what he's been showing over the past uh, few games is his confidence has um has started to, to re- truly return i think you know with the little back heels his little step overs his little no look passes all the stuff that really delighted us a few years back are starting to show up uh in his games and um you know i kind of i think we missed that from bobby because when he's doing that you know he's in the flow state he's 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 just playing the game and enjoying it out there and um same way liverpool without the press uh it's just not the same team bobby without that sparkle without that smile on his face is not the same player and so he seems to be in that in that place again and once he clicks then he makes four or five players around him a lot better every game you know the same way fabinho holds things down as you say bobby knits things together so he, he it was great to see him out there scoring goals again Knitting things together like my old granny used to knit a blanket. It's, it comes out beautiful. It comes out colourful. And it keeps you warm and snuggly, uh, Abdul. Um, Bobby was was unbelievable. Um, you got anything to say about Bobby or, or the other person I was going to talk about uh, was Curtis Jones. Yeah, I mean, I can't say better than what Brian just said. All I would say is, I mean, um, with Bobby, it's definitely a case of you don't know what you've got till it's gone. This season, we haven't really seen him as much as we have in previous seasons and every time we have seen him he just looked great and uh yeah we really do miss him I think obviously Jota's had a great great season but there are times I think when um 
you do want well we do need a bit more control in matches and i think bobby would definitely bring that so um hopefully hopefully fingers crossed touch wood everything that this is the last of his injury troubles and covid troubles and he can just have a good five six months now just going into the future and really help us win titles and trophies yeah, man. absolutely, absolutely. And Curtis Jones, he mentioned the change of position. I thought Curtis was superb, Abdul. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He had a 97.7% passing accuracy, which is crazy kooky times. I mean, because actually, you know, he had two key passes, which is the equal, equal most in the team, along with Bobby and uh, Andrew Robertson. Um, three, uh, sorry, three crosses attempted. One of them was accurate. Um, yeah, the two shots he had, I wasn't a big fan of because they were sort of pot shots from way out. But uh, Curtis Jones, um, I, he, he's, you know, hopefully put all this, uh, you know, a detached retina that he had. Crazy injury. Wow. Behind him. And he looks he looks ready to, to kick on again, Abdul. He's still only 20. And that's the mental thing about it. I mean, Curtis Jones, on one particular part of the internet, he gets a lot of flack from fans. Um, they talk about he's a bit too slow on the ball. He's a bit too ponderous. Doesn't do too much with it. He isn't adventurous. And I just think it's just a load of nonsense, basically. I mean, I understand where they're coming from. You watch him and he does have a kind of um, energy to him. Like the way that he plays that particular position, midfield, it's a bit like, uh, I would say, like a continental player. I know it's not like, obviously, British players are really good nowadays, but like, I think he has a real arrogance to him, a real confidence to him. And people are always trying to write him off. They forget, like you said, Owen, he's 20 years old and he's made above 50 appearances for possibly the best team in the world over the last three or four years. So like, he's definitely a player who's trusted by Klopp, who sees his qualities. And yeah, I think today... He came back with a really assured performance. It looked like he hadn't even been injured, really. And he, he hasn't really played football for the last, like, two months. So, um, yeah, that freak injury was really a freak injury. I, I didn't know that it was a detached retina. That's really weird. Um, okay. Never heard of that yeah. before. Is yeah, that confirmed? Apparently, I mean, it's not confirmed. That's just uh, the rumours that I heard. I mean, it was definitely an, an eye injury that kept him out for much longer than normal eye injuries uh, keep people out for, you know, normally about a week, but he was out for a couple of months. And I, I heard, you know, through the, through the, through the mill, um, perhaps it was through uh, Twitter, which is probably where those, those, those fools are that you mentioned who, who have written them off already. I mean, let's just call them out for what they are. Nincompoops. Because, uh, <laughs> Brian, I mean, what are your hopes for Curtis Jones going forward? Because I said it before. I mean, I get very excited, as you know, but uh, I, I, pick, I picked uh, Curtis Jones as a potential Ballon d'Or winner one day. I still think he could. Obviously, it's, uh, you know, it, he would need to evolve and develop, but I think he could get there. I really do, because he's got so much talent. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I agree. He's um, yeah, he's he's a first team player. That's the biggest compliment I can give him. You know, he is a, a legitimate Liverpool first team player and uh, on merit. Um, he's not a young player. He's not a, he, even though he's twenty. We don't. Nobody thinks of him as a young player anymore. We all think of him as one of the squad players. Uh, and a very good one, and he's dangerous as well. Um, you know what I like about him is when he's on the pitch, he's one of those players that he can make things happen in any second. And when he's out on the left uh, wing, you just you're just waiting for him to cut in, 
and take a couple of take a knock knock the ball you know a yard and then just pop it in top top uh top bin um he's an exciting player and uh he he physically he's quite a big guy you know um in in the right kind of way he's yeah. he's uh he looks like he's got the you know the, the perfect physique for a footballer um and he hasn't really put a foot wrong for me i mean his development he's gone from strength to strength every year i think he's at that stage now because expectations are quite high with him that people are looking for him to move on again, right? Um, and maybe hold down a position. I mean, I think this is actually quite an exciting time to be a Liverpool fan um, with uh, a couple of players going off to Afghan, and um, and there's there is uh, almost like a little bit of the pressure has been re- been lifted off us in terms of the title race, you know, because everybody's saying City's won it now, um, so. You know, players like uh, Curtis Jones and some of the other young players, they're really going to get their chance to shine now and, and make a strong case for staying in the team once uh, our, um, you know, senior pros come back. But yeah, I'm like you. I'm thinking, yeah, he's a really good option on the left wing um, in the games coming forward. He's, you know, he doesn't let the ball, he doesn't give the ball away. He's he's a very dangerous player. He I thought he linked up really well with Andy Robinson um, on the left there, you know, for most of the game. So yeah, it was it's really good. But to to your point, I do think he, I don't know what it is, but he does need to push on, find another level to his game or another bow to his string. Uh, maybe be physically more commanding. I mean, it's like Mohammed uh, Mo when he first came here. Nobody would have said that Mo is one of the strongest players in the world when when he first came to Liverpool. But now he is. Like he, you don't, you cannot get him off the ball. You can't get the ball from him. He he, he can just brush you off like you're nothing, regardless of how tall you are, uh, because he's so physically strong. And I think um, if um, Curtis could put that into his game, I think that would really, really help him take it to the next level. Very interesting stuff. Great answer. And breaking news, uh, Doug's in the chat. Hi, Doug. Thank you very much for letting us know that Liverpool have drawn Cardiff at Anfield in the yes. next round. Abdul, you're clapping. <laughs> yeah, Brian, that's the kind of... It's beautiful. Let's build a cathedral. (laughs) It's lovely. It's beautiful because I can. uh, It's just down the road, so I can definitely. uh, I can maybe go check it out. All right. Excellent stuff. Very good. That's a wonderful thing because, Abdul, we we just want these things to be as easy as possible, don't we? You know, in in the Champions League and in all the cups, just give us all the easy teams like Arsenal. Absolutely, (laughs) Arsenal. Talking about Arsenal, I don't know if you guys have uh, talked about the clock quotes that just came out after the match. Oh, um, what, what, yeah, what did he say? He said a lot, to be fair. He said a lot. So, <laughs> first things first, um, obviously, Arsenal fans were very, very upset about the cancellation of the last match because of COVID reasons. Klopp has confirmed that there are actually a lot of false positives. And the only positive, which was real, was Trent. And that was immediately after the Chelsea match. So, he should be back in training pretty much very, very soon. And he should be in contention for Arsenal. But every single other player who didn't perform today, so Henderson, Milner, Jota, Oxlade-Chamberlain, um, there's others, I've forgotten them. But every single other player who we thought was out with COVID, Joe Gomez, they're all back in contention for the Arsenal match on Thursday. Seems like it was a false alarm. So Arsenal fans are definitely going to be a bit pissed about that. 
Um, <laughs> Counter espionage at its finest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Switching bait. Exactly. Very good. Very good. But sorry, um, did you did you mention Tiago on that list? Sorry. Tiago, no. that's the one. Um, Tiago is an actual injury, um, but obviously there were rumours last night going around the Twitterverse that he's out for the rest of the season or until March. <laughs> Klopp was asked directly about that by a journalist, and he did reply, um, no, neither March nor the end of the season is in my mind. It's something around the hip. That's the situation. It needs time. We expect him to be back doing rehab stuff tomorrow. He's not out until the end of the season, not at all. So positive news, mm -hmm. I guess. But then Brilliant. the question is, I mean... What is wrong with him? Like he, he was out with a sore leg a few weeks ago and now it's a hit. And with injuries with Liverpool recently, it does seem like Klopp tells us one thing and then it ends up dragging on and on and on. But he's saying not until the end of the season. So fingers crossed it is very he soon. probably strained his hip doing the samba over the Christmas period. Probably, <laughs> yeah, you know. maybe. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> Practicing his uh, dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, it's... Uh... It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was talking to, to our friend Fergus, um, who reckons that Tiago is a luxury player anyway. I mean, that's an unpopular opinion for you. But he said that Tiago is more of a Man United signing because he's a bit of a luxury because he can't turn around and run back and defend. So, I mean, not that Fergus is going to be happy. He's, uh, he's injured, of course not, quite the opposite. But, you know, is this a, a chance for, for Curtis Jones, for example, to shine? In Tiago's absence, it could well be, and let's hope that you know Fabinho stays stays fit because he's the he's the main key to our midfield, isn't he? Um, but speaking about you know possible reinforcements in midfield or elsewhere, a um, couple of rumours that I'd like to talk about, Brian. Um, the, the the two main ones recently were Dan Juma, who was someone that I um, picked out just from his stats. Uh, pre-season before he joined Villarreal. Um, he's doing very, very well in, in, in Villarreal. I'll bring up some of his stats here, but uh, he's doing very well. He's an attacking player. He played for Bournemouth. He got 18 goals last season in the championship, which I thought was really good from the left wing, plus uh, a load of assists as well. His real name, well, sorry, his real name, his, his official name is Arnaut Groneveld, but Dan Juma is what he goes by. And um, he's, so he scored five goals and he got two assists in 12 La Liga matches. And in the Champions League, he's got four goals and two assists from six matches. He's dangerous. He's 24 years old. He's about to turn 25. And he looks like the kind of player we, we would really want, you know, and that sort of attacking left-sided player. Um, all right, he can play uh, that side. And another player who, who, who can play um, in various positions up front, but especially off the left, is Luis Diaz from Porto. Brian, are you happy with these rumours or do you think it's all nonsense and we're not going to sign anyone if they cost more than a fiver? <laughs> um, I, I honestly, I just don't know. I really don't know. But uh, Luis Diaz seems like a player we need and uh, he he looks he looks all that and a pack of the crisps. I mean, I, I think um, I, I really do think we need to sign one player in this window. Um, a player that can like start in in the first team. I mean, will that happen? I I don't know. I mean, I can only think. I'm I uh, I personally think the club has been very responsible um, during these very unusual times, um, particularly with money in the game coming in and going out. Will it still be there? It looks like potentially we're coming 
out of the end of this um, uh, COVID situation, hopefully touch wood um, and uh, things have settled. So I think there's a lot of value out there in, in the transfer market. And uh, I mean, I'd love to see us make a couple of moves uh, now in this window, but I mean, if we don't, then absolutely in the summer, we definitely have to sign a bunch of players. Um, but he would be exactly the kind of son player that I would I would like to sign. Does he just play on the wing, or can he play in the middle of the pitch as well? He could play in an, as a number ten as well, Luis Diaz. Um, for those in the audio version, you won't know that we've got some stats on the screen now uh, from the Primera Liga in Portugal: uh, thirteen goals and four assists in sixteen matches. Crazy. And in the Champions League, uh, two goals and no assists in six matches. Porto a bit underwhelming, as we know, because. We played them and we sort of marked Luis Diaz out of the game. Um, statistically wise, if you look at his um, comparison charts, he's not very good. And this is the thing that um, surprises surprised me when I saw it. I looked at it yesterday. Um, versus other attacking midfielders and wingers in the top five leagues in Europe, he's not very good at goals scored or XG or the only thing he's really good at in the 92nd percentile is dribbles completed. And he's not very good, for example, at pressing. He's only in the 15th percentile. Blocks, he's in the 5th percentile. And this is, you know, we ultimately, it's not like we, we should be looking to replace Bobby with a similar player. Um, people say that We've already got Jota, but I think we need we need someone who can keep the ball and defend from the front as well as score goals and be creative and things like that, which is why, for example, I'll bring up uh, some other stats about Dan Juma because um, he's he's another one who's who's statistically um, a lot better, even though he played for Bournemouth. So maybe you can you can discount some of this. But if if you have a look, if I just bring these uh, these stats up on the screen now, um, yeah, you can see that uh, he's he's in the ninety sixth percentile for NPXG and the ninety fourth percentile for shots and the ninety third percentile for progressive carries where you run with the ball at least ten yards towards the opponent's goal and for touches in the attacking penalty area he's in the ninety ninth percentile. And the progressive passes received, so he gets in these great positions. But again, Grunewald in the top, sorry, in the top, in the bottom one percent of for pressures versus um, other forwards it, across Europe. And if you compare him to other wingers, it's exactly the same. He, he needs to learn how to press. But going forward, he's unbelievable. But in terms of a player, I don't even want any attackers. I don't want them. I don't want them. I mean, I do. I would like to have Dan Juma. I think that would be a, a classy signing. But Abdul, I think we need midfielders more. I think we need one. I'll say it again. I say it all the time. One solid, you know, a, a, you know, attacking and defensive, an all-round ball buster of a midfielder. Uh, who would you like to bring in? I've, I've, I was thinking about this recently. Um, I really look around Europe right now, and obviously we need a midfielder who can come in and just start immediately. Like when we signed Thiago, for example, he came in and he was brought onto the pitch within like 45 minutes. Obviously, Chelsea had a red card, but he didn't need any of the like whole six months, you know, to get acclimated to uh, the way that we play kind of thing. So we need a signing like that in midfield, basically. 
which is basically an experienced player who knows his stuff. And I look around Europe right now and I really don't see it. I don't see the player who we can sign right now. I think the only one that's possible who kind of fits is maybe Nicolo Barella at Inter Milan. Like he can come in, I reckon, day two, start for us, do a job for us in midfield. But apart from that, I really don't know who it is that we could actually go for. Because I would like to sign a midfielder who's in the kind of mould of Ilkay Gundogan at Man City. I don't think we really have a midfielder like that. I think we've got Naby Keita, um, but obviously he's at African Cup of Nations right now. So midfielders, I think FB Ref, who, who are similar to Gundogan, you've got players like Luis Alberto, um, some player called Flavian Tate at Rennes. Um, yes, he played uh, yesterday. I saw him play. He, he's about 55 years old, I think, but he's a very good player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just lots of unrealistic targets who I don't think Liverpool would actually pull the trigger for. So... I think we might have to hunker down again for this transfer window and just rely on Tyler Morton to, to come through. Well, see, no, but you see, you, you mentioned Gundogan, so you, so you want someone silky. You want silky the silkworm in his silk pyjamas, as Stephen Fry once said. You know, you I want someone... Some, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, just like um good all-round midfielder. Like, Gundogan, for a number of years, was considered a defensive midfielder because he was playing as a six for Klopp in the Dortmund team. But you look at him now for Man City, like last season, he went on some mad scoring streak, scored like 10, really, really good in new box. Just somebody who's like an all-round great midfielder who actually, I feel, was going to evolve our game in midfield. Because a lot of the time in midfield, I feel like over the last few years, it has been a bit turgid, a lot of passes to the side. And then we signed Thiago, and Thiago's playing incisive balls, trying to nip play in a way that our other midfielders weren't doing. So I want another midfielder who's really kind of forward-thinking, who's going to evolve our game going forward and open up space in the final third for different kind of weapons, basically, not just going wide and getting crosses into the box. I think I found him, Abdul. I think I found him. Um, I found him yesterday again in my sort of, you know, very geeky, got nothing to do. Let's look at footballer stats. Um, Christopher Nkunku, uh, 24 years old and 56 days, in, born in Lannes-sur-Marne, just outside Paris. He came through Paris Saint-Germain's academy when I was actually teaching there. And he wasn't one of my students, but all of my students that I had there, they were all talking about Nkunku as being the best one in the PSG academy. He was unbelievable. And his stats, he's, he's developed into a, a fine player. I know he plays in Germany, and it might not be realistic to sign players from RB Leipzig. But statistically, when, you, when you're playing as a midfielder, as an attacking midfielder, if you get eight goals and seven assists in 18 Bundesliga games from midfield, then you must be doing something right. And then if you look at his Champions League stats, they're crazy. Six goals, sorry, six games in the Champions League, seven goals and one assist from midfield. And if you scroll down and you look at his all-round stats... He, the, he, he just ticks all the boxes. He's in the 95th percentile for non-penalty goals. MPXG, 94th percentile. 83rd percentile for shots total. And that's his worst one in terms of his attacking stats because in terms of assists, expected assists, uh, no, non-penalty expected goals, plus the expected assists, and shot-creating actions. The lowest he scores is in the 91st percentile. Um, going, you know, down, I mean, passes, p- 
pass completion is only the 74th percentile with 79.4%. So he could improve there, but he's trying things all the time. He's very, very creative. Um, he's he's He gets into some marvellous positions, but also look at his pressing stats. The 75th percentile for presses and uh, he wins a lot of headers. Um, you know, 83rd percentile for aerial duels. And he's just good at everything. And this is who I want, Brian. And if you if you had a choice between him uh, and uh, Nicola Barella, uh, who's also 24 years old, about to turn 25, or some other profile in midfield, who would you go for, Brian? That's, um, wow. What's that website that you're using there? To fbref.com, which are the same stats as on stats bomb. Fbref, wow. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm um I, I play champ well, I used to play championship manager and uh I'm a headhunter for my day job. <laughs> so uh I think it's actually quite easy to to find talent in football. You just do what you just did there and look at those that's stats do not lie. He looks amazing. What what kind of money would be would, would they be looking for him? Um 50 million maybe. 60 million and how old is he 24 coming into his prime you get 50 million worth 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 spending i think wow i mean he looks he looks uh looks like a very well-rounded player huh yeah no he is he is so i mean would you like to see that i mean would you prefer to buy i don't know would you prefer to buy have you been hitting them up is he on the whatsapp group from from the old uh, psg chat <laughs> yeah, I need up. to. I need to actually. Yeah, I can probably get his number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get his number. We'll, uh, we'll okay, send him a we few can get, we can get, we can get 25% of a sign on fee. There you go. Yeah, we can start <laughs> singing. You'll never on walk, a, walk alone on a WhatsApp audio message. Then you'll definitely yeah. sign. Um, excellent. Um, but yeah, I haven't. No. To answer your uh-huh. question, I haven't actually, I've just kind of suspended, um, I've stopped doing that, the whole um, who are we signing, because I think um, Michael Edwards, you can never really, he, he 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 signs players out of the blue so many times now that it's almost like a wasted exercise. I mean, it, I, I think we've all been, we, we were all call, calling out for a left back for many years and now we've got one, you know, to back up uh, Robbo. Um, the chat has been, oh, we needed another um, centre back. We've got that. Um, everybody knows we need it. We need a midfield player. You know, it's obvious we need a midfield player. So, and I, and we need one in this window, I would suggest. So I'm just kind of sitting back and, and waiting to see what's out there. I mean, there are good players around Europe, and I think there's probably never a better time to buy a player than now because um, a lot of players are, a lot of teams are hurting, unfortunately, across Europe uh, financially because of, you know, what we've just gone through the past two years and they're strapped for cash. And, uh, you know, wh- whoever has cash in this market will pick up some great players. And uh, and I, I don't think it will be like that in, a, in about a year's time, because I think the world will start to the lights will start to switch on again. People will slowly go back to normal. And then the, 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 the madness that is the football bubble will be in full swing once again. So I think if, if you're being clever, now is the time to actually spend some cash because some of these players will cost a lot more. In, in 12 months time when when people are feel a little bit more secure about you know revenues and fans in the stadiums and that kind of thing yeah great answer and hopefully you're right i mean this is this covid thing's going on way too long sort it out clever people sort it out 
please. Um, another guy, Florian Verts. I don't know if you know him, Abdul. Do you know him, Florian? Yeah, I've heard Wirtz. the name. I know he's doing bits this season. He's at Leverkusen, isn't he? He's yeah, at he is, Leverkusen. Yeah. Uh, five goals and eight assists in 16 matches, which is crazy. And three goals and three assists from five matches. Again, from the centre of midfield. And he's uh, and he's also sometimes plays a bit further up. If you compare him to other midfielders, he looks he's unbelievable. He's ticked so many boxes, and he's only eighteen. Would you like to see us spend fifty million or so now? You know the big swan song, the big Michael Edwards swan song, or is he going to go out with a whimper, sort of thanks for all the memories, and uh, you know disappear into the shadows where he's just spent most of the time, sort of conjuring up his magic potions. That's exactly what I was thinking. Uh, like, this is, I think, probably his last window to actually do anything as a Liverpool sporting director. So I, I wonder if he's just there in his, in his uh, office, just itching, just like, oh, go on, one more, one more rodeo, you know? Um, but again, uh, just with our midfield situation, I just, I, f I find it hard to imagine that we would make a signing there. No, firstly, I think we already have more midfielders on paper than Manchester City. Now we've lost Cater to AFCON and we've got Thiago injured possibly for a bit. But that's still, I mean, I think another five or six midfielders that we still got to pick from. Um, and I, I think the only type of midfielder who we would sign, again, is just somebody who can come in and instantly do the job. And Wurtz, yeah, I mean, he's doing great this season, but... I feel like because he's 18 and he played in a different type of system, if he did come in, we would take a bit of time basically to bed him in. Same thing with Barella. Well, not even Barella, actually. Barella could come in and start, I think. And Nkunku, yeah, I think he could come in and start definitely. But I just feel like I just feel like we wouldn't pull the trigger at the moment. So, yeah, I do hope that we have some kind of left field signing who, like, nobody's been watching and it's just, like, the perfect profile. And Edwards comes out, puts him in the team and cop starts in day two and we're all just like, where did he come from? It's like the fifth league in Brazil, like Arsenal did with uh, Martinelli, for example. Um, but yeah, I just don't know who it could be, really, realistically. Yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, one final thing to talk about, uh, um, uh, transfers of other clubs, uh, or one particular one, Phil Coutinho. Uh, Brian, uh, Steven Gerrard has taken the risk because Phil Coutinho has had three knee operations since he left Liverpool apparently and uh, obviously he's, we know he's got a dodgy back so uh, I don't know Brian <laughs> what do you reckon Phil to Villa yeah but I think he had acupuncture on his back so he's all good now so oh good uh, so right. it's also <laughs> um, he's on 125 grand a week and as you say he's got three knee surgeries I mean I don't I haven't followed him over in um in uh, in Spain, so but by all accounts, he hasn't really pulled up any trees. I like Phil. Um, I I have no hard feelings to Phil for that, pulling a little back uh, strain to go play for Barca. I, I think I might do the same <laughs> back in those days. Not now with club, but you know, it's I think it's just a different Liverpool, different different team, different club. Now now we are Barca, <laughs> um, so. Um, I'm happy for him. I think it's great. It's great that him and Gerard. I mean, I, it's good for Gerard, right? It's good for Stevie, and that's and that makes me happy, right? So if it uh, if it pushes uh, Aston Villa higher up the pitch, uh, higher up the the table, then then great. 
Um, I wouldn't. I think Caro was asked, "Would you have him at Liverpool?" And I think no. He said just no. And I and I I tend to agree with that. I'd be more inclined to be signing Jude Bellingham than um, you know signing uh, Coutinho. Who's that's we're not that te- we're not that club anymore. You know we're, we're signing the next big star, not stars that are kind of on the wane. As you said, that's kind of a that's a classic Man United signing right now. Um, and and uh, and the closest thing to that is, as uh, Abdul says, I think uh, you know Tiago has a little bit of feel for it, of that. But you know Tiago is Tiago; he is amazing. And even if we just get to see him play for a quarter of the season, what fun is that? You know. Um, but other than that, I don't want any other players like that coming into the club. <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather spend big money on future talent, not on players who've played for two or three big clubs already. And I uh, just want one final swan song. Or the, like some of these players are like stamp collecting. Uh, I'm not saying Phil's doing that, obviously, because he played in 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 the UK already or the English uh, league already. But a lot of the other big players who are particularly are older uh, just want to go play in the English Premiership because they haven't done it. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure we should be in for those kind of uh, players, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him play because he he don't they doesn't he play isn't he playing Arsenal twice now Villa do in the next couple yeah. of weeks. So. Although I yeah. think he, he's possibly um, COVID positive at the moment, so I, I, I think, think every, yeah yeah exactly everybody's so. COVID positive. I listened, I watched uh, Robbie and you know for 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 banter you know for jokes. Uh, over at AFC TV, and uh, oh, they were not happy about the whole Liverpool pulling out of that league because they they have to play Spurs, don't they, in between the two games? And that was just, I mean, they're just a joke. They were getting so upset, and they were like, "Oh, do they really have COVID players?" I was like, "Oh, come on, please have a word with yourself." It's like I know embarrassment is kind of like your thing, but even for them, they were like pushing the envelope. Um, so I can't wait for that game. I just hope we absolutely battered them um, over the over the course of those two games. So uh, I, they're playing now, aren't they? I think they're playing. Um, they're Not playing... in Forest away. Come yeah. on, Forest. It, yes, <laughs> nineteen minutes gone. It's still nil nil. Uh, but yeah, jokes. they are they are embarrassing. And as you mentioned before, the AFTV thing doesn't help them at all. Doesn't help their club. Uh, but there you go. But it's very interesting what you were saying, though, Brian, about transfer philosophy would you would you agree with that abdul just uh just a, as a final question i mean in terms of, we should not be looking for to you know coutinho or you know united went for cristiano ronaldo there's a chance that if you know for example real madrid were to get holland then benzema would be for sale you know there, there, there are chances of all these older players um, even though Phil is only 29, but he's still old, really. Should we not just be targeting the young and look for the next Coutinho, always, as a philosophy? Uh, yeah, in general, yeah, absolutely. That is, I think, the best philosophy. Um, and I think it is a philosophy that Liverpool have pretty much embodied over the last couple of seasons. Um, a very long-term approach to football and squad building. Absolutely right. But saying that, I do think that, um, for example, when we signed Thiago, I think that was just a great signing because he provided a solution to a specific problem in terms of our build-up in midfield wasn't as fluid as, say, Manchester City or maybe even Chelsea with Jorginho. So we needed a kind of specialist kind of player like that. 
obviously Thiago, the jury is still a bit out. Look, I know everybody's annoyed about his injuries and thinks that he's a luxury player, but I think if he can put the injuries behind him, he's just such a sublime player to have, honestly, just watching him play football. The goal he scored the other week where he kind of hit it with the swaz or whatever it was. Oh, like you can't you can't put you can't put a figure on that, you know. I I would sign him just to score that goal. Yeah, yeah. just uh, beautiful joy. Um but I mean looking at the football market right now, I don't really see many of those older players who can come in and do a job like Tiago's done specifically. So I don't really see us making signings like that, basically. Um and yeah, that's that's the thing. Even going into next summer, I really don't know who Liverpool are trying to going to maybe try and sign. I don't know what kind of decisions we've made about our squad like do we think that Mane is past it I'm sure they don't but these are the questions or is Firmino past it or do we need to um, move on Henderson or do we need to get rid of one of the centre-backs or all of these questions are just kind of like what decisions have they made on these questions because once they've made a decision then we'll kind of have an idea of what players we're going to start targeting but at the moment I feel like our squad is player for player I think we've got the right player in each position so yeah it's a it's a very ballsy summer for Julian Ward to come in basically first summer on the job and to try and look for areas to improve the Liverpool squad it's very very hard to see yeah we're going to have to to trust the process that's that's already in place that's already you know taken us to challenging on on most fronts, uh, quite a few of us have given up, uh, a few of us, I wouldn't say include me in that, but a few of us Liverpool fans um, have, you know, given up on the Premier League already. I haven't, because if we win our game in hand and we win our game against Manchester City, then we're only five points behind if we can win our other games. I think anything's possible. We, we can string a load of wins together Um you know, with with the heart, with the desire that we are, you know, famous for these days. And, um, you know, on that sort of positive note, it's been a nice day. It's been a fun day. I've enjoyed it. And I've especially enjoyed talking to you, Brian, from Hong Kong. And Abdul, who's in Wales, who's very excited to be able to go and see, hopefully, uh, Liverpool, Cardiff, even though actually it's at Anfield, so you're going to have to uh, get on the train. Get on the train. You're At least you're closer than Brian and I. <laughs> but there you go. Thanks very much, Abdul, and thank you, Brian. It's been a blast. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Own proving.